it is the pink elephant theory. If the guest wants a pink elephant, get them a pink elephant. If you can't find a pink elephant, get a horse, paint it pink, convince the guest that's an elephant. Do whatever it takes to ensure they're happy. That's it. Are they happy? Chris Adams here. We are back with the Pink Elephant Podcast. Today we have Sam Bracamontes with us. Sam, we actually were just talking. We kind of, I think, crossed paths in our uh, overlapped at some point in time in our journeys. But man, thanks so much for joining us today here on the Pink Elephant. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan, Chris. You know, I really do have to say that I've been listening to some of the latest episodes. And obviously, I'm a fan of hospitality. I love podcasts as a whole. And I, lo- I also love the story of just coming full circle, right? The, the fact that we've crossed paths at one point, and now we're, we're collaborating and or just trying to bring uh, value to your audience. But yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it's it's crazy enough. It is such a small industry. Uh, you work in this industry long enough and you find out very fast. Um, don't burn bridges. Uh, you never know when you're going to be working with another person again at some point in time in your career. So uh, definitely full circle. So tell us currently um, what's your role now, but I really, I really want to dive into kind of that journey that got you to this point. So give us a little insight of, of where you are now. Sure. Yeah. So again, you know, I mean, I think my role, in, as our stories tend to be obviously very specific and, and different for, for all of us, but my my journey to my current role has been uh, different than, than most, in, in my opinion. So I, I'm currently the on-premise manager for a program called Diageo Hospitality. I manage a team of four, and we collectively uh, call on you know some of the top 145, you know, 160 accounts within Las Vegas, right? Um, I'm, I'm born and raised in Vegas, but uh, my journey was a little bit different where you know, I joined the Marines when I was 17 years old. I, I came out of the Marines. I was young. And when you're in Vegas, uh, you know, and looking for a job, you apply at a casino. You know, it's just <laughs> what you do. So I remember, you know, I started at the Palms. My work ethic because of my upbringing, you know, first generation Mexican-American um, and or obviously the discipline that, and structure that I got in, in the core was uh, – was was hugely beneficial. So I, I moved up the ranks quite quickly. I, I you know opened the palms. The palms at the time, I mean, still amazing. But at the times, it was a place to be. I mean, I remember you know huge lines for the mega nightclubs and and things like that. I started as a busser at the at the buffet, right? And I just I was clearing place. I did it. I've never worked at a restaurant before, though. Back you know in in Mexico where my family's from, my aunt had a small little restaurant. And I would help out. You know it was fun to me, right? To to work and get paid when when you're young. It was it was great. So I, I worked at the Palms. I you know worked at Little Buddha, and then um, you know sort of went to I worked for Tao Group. I opened uh, Cosmopolitan, which you know we're talking about now. So I was a bartender. As a bartender, I remember then when I went from busser, somebody called in, a barback called in. And they were like, hey, uh, Ari is the gentleman, my general manager at the time, said, hey, uh, you know, Sam, do you want to come in as a, as, a, as a bar back for today? And I was like, sure. Again, I would never say no, work double, stayed, you know, extra. That's just who I am. And, you know, even to this day. So I remember when I stepped foot behind the bar and we, when we talk about hospitality, the engagement 
from the consumer to the bartender was just so different, was was more intimate, was a more like, you know, just not that is ingenuine when you're a server, but there's just less time, right? You have more tables. Sure. So the amount of space that you have, you, you literally just have a bar top in between you and the guests. And I just absolutely fell in love with that. I fell in love with, with the hospitality that I could provide. And at the time, I knew nothing about cocktails. And, and again, just being who I am, I started buying every cocktail book that I possibly could. I studied, uh, you know, classic cocktails. And, you know, I, and again, to, to your audience and, and younger audience, I even went, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but Herbs and Rye, a friend of mine, her name is Astrid. She said, hey, you know, you should really check out this bar because I know like you're, you're a geek when it comes to cocktails. It's Herbs and Rye, they make nothing but classic cocktails. And I went up to the bartender at the time and I said, hey, um, are you guys hiring? Um, I love to just volunteer and be be a bar back. I'll, I'll work for free two nights a week just so I could like learn to make these cocktails because I'm learning about them. I'm learning about the recipes, but I don't have the funds to like get all the ingredients and all these things. Right. And I think the bartender thought, thought I was joking because, you know, he sort of just, you know, brushed it off. And it's like, hey, man, like, you know, happy to help you as much as I can. Very helpful. But. Um, didn't take me serious, but I was, I would, I would, you know, would have loved to work there for free just to learn. So, you know, again, that led me into being a bartender. I competed in, in uh, bartender competitions. I met a gentleman by the name of Kevin Vanegas, who was hosting. He was, he was, a, I believe at the time he was a global brand ambassador for Brown Foreman. And I, I went up to him and we're, we're friends to this day. But, I, you know, again, when you're young, you're maybe a little bit more aggressive. You, you want that so bad, right? I, I remember that I went up to him and I said, uh, hey, uh, Kevin, how do, I, how do I get your job? You know, after competing in this bartending competition, I placed five. You know, we lost against, uh, I believe it was not Marina, but somebody from Cosmo, from Vesper Bar. We lost to Christina and, 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 yeah, uh, and uh, Christina and Pam owners of Velveteen Rabbit. Like I lost against Irv's, uh, Nick Tali at Irv's and Riot. Like I lost against the best people in Vegas. We placed top five. And it was such a win for me to even just be in that category of, of group, right? Top five. So anyhow, um, Kevin laughed and he was like, well, you know, I, I would like to keep my job for a little bit longer. He was like, but why don't you apply to the distributor? You know, maybe start working as, as a sales, uh, sales team in the sales team. And then you can, you know, move up the ranks. And I did. I, I remember, you know, I'm big on manifesting and, and working for your dreams, right? So I remember I, uh, I you know, took the interview, took the job at, um, at Breakthrough Beverage at the time as a sales con assistant sales consultant. So I was actually backfilling uh, when people went on vacation, went on, you know, whatever took PTO. I was, I was you know, I would backfill. And one thing that I did that I'm very proud, you know, that, that I did, and again, I, I recommend, I'm a huge fan of that sort of, you know, type of initiative is, you know, Kevin was working there and I, and I would say, hey, um, Kevin, if you ever need help, like, you know, uh, doing cocktail presentations, I'll, I'll be the bar back, I'll wash the dishes. I just want to see like how you present to account. And yeah, I joined him at a couple of them and just saw how he presented. And I knew that that's a role that I wanted, but I also knew that there was, you know, I needed to trust the process. So I started working again. I was an assistant sales consultant. I got promoted within, I want to say maybe six months. I had my own route. And then Kevin was the one, again, full circle, don't burn bridges. You said it yourself. Um, I remember getting a call around, it was 2016. It was like 10.30 p.m. Kevin calls. And again, Kevin calls at 10.30. There's something like, there's something there, right? <laughs> so, and he says, 
hey, Sam, uh, you know, an old friend of mine is looking for a, for a brand ambassador for Don Julio in, in Las Vegas. And I think you're the perfect fit. You're passionate about agave spirits. You know, you know your stuff and you've proven yourself. And I mean, it was such an honor to even be um, considered, you know, by Kevin to to be referred for this position. And that's when really, you know, I, I really feel like that's when my, my life changed in the way of, um, you know, uh, my drive has always been there, but it was just a different level where I really, you know, within myself, I really wanted to step up and, and, and you know, I mean, a brand like, like Don Julio. So I, again, I was brand ambassador for Don Julio. I, I went on to manage the luxury portfolio, uh, which is 17 brands. I, uh, I've, you know, left the company for a little bit and managed a, a company by the name of uh, Whistleplay. So I was a regional sales manager for Nevada, Arizona, and uh, New Mexico, which was huge and the learning process. And again, now as an on-premise manager, you know, the, the role and the journey still continues, but it's, it's been amazing. And, you know, I'm not, um, I feel like I'm, I'm never the, the most knowledgeable or and or educated person in the room. But one thing that just drives me is that consistency, hospitality is huge. And, you know, just I will outwork or believe that I will outwork anyone because I know I've done it before, you know. But yeah, it's, that's been my journey. So I've, I've made some notes here um, on as you were talking and a couple of things I want to touch on because I think really, really good points you brought up. And the first thing that stands out across the board is work ethic and the fact that you just knew that it wasn't really about you knowing the information, right? You, you were like, I'm, I, I need to figure it out. I'm willing to work for free. You just knew that the one thing that you had to offer that other people potentially weren't was you were willing to outwork them. And I think there's Correct. so much to be said for that, man. And I'm curious, do you see a difference now? And this question gets asked a lot, um, but do you see a difference now of, you know, individuals that are maybe not as willing to to put in the time to say you know what i'm willing to work for free to mm -hmm. get where ultimately i want to be do you see a difference now versus maybe five ten years ago uh from a work ethic standpoint yeah you know and i think that's that's that is a, a common question and i you know i do feel like you know when you zoom out right because these instances, I, I think that there is a difference, right? Slight difference, and in the in the in the macro, you can kind of tell that it's shifting a little bit. And and my sort of opinion on that is, I think it's it's not necessarily um, unhealthy or bad. You know, one thing that I'm learning as a now 35 years old, like to also uh, prioritize balance, right? So again, because the the more balance, the more time that I create for myself, the better I am at actual performance, right? So maybe not overextending myself. Um, but I, but I also don't necessarily feel like it's completely gone away because, um, I've encountered people that have said like, there's, there's been a handful of individuals that have come up to me at events and say, Hey, um, you know, I love to, I would love to learn. Like if you ever need help, like me loading, uh, um, boxes to your events or whatever it is, I just want to network. And again, like, you know, have there been some individuals that I'm like, yo, like, and, and I take the time to, and then I share a little bit about my story and I continue to encourage that because we do, we need to nourish that. And I think it's two-sided in, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, you can only work with, with the qualities that the individual provides. But as now, now as we're growing as, as individuals in our career path, it's time to, you know, I want to be the Kevin for somebody. Right. I want to I want to identify someone that has the right qualities, that has a potential that is willing to put in the work. And I also want to 
put in the work to nourish them. And it's, you know, doing podcasts or, you know, when I had mine, like it's my way of sort of, I am so grateful for my journey that I also acknowledge the fact that it's time to give back. Right. But I, I do see it um, again in the, in the macro, I feel like I don't necessarily see as much um, drive in general. Um, and, but I, again, I think there's, there's segments where, you know, some pe- sometimes you do encounter it and that's really what I focus on. I, I don't, necessarily focus on you know like a society as a whole that i mean yeah. we know we were backfilling roles after after covid i mean it was very very difficult to even just get you know our, our partners our restaurants i mean everybody was short staff and honestly sometimes still is right like the the turnover is, is insane so i definitely do feel that way but it's not completely gone yeah and i think too is because i get asked that same question a million times right and i think the easy answer is to quickly say oh yeah that the, the the next generation mm-hmm. doesn't want to work. But I, I also, I think the reality is if you really think about it the way that you were just talking about and break it down, um, you have so much access to information now that I didn't have 20 years ago, right? 25 years ago when I was, you know, at the early stages of my career, which meant that I probably had to put in a lot more work of the, the physical side to get access to things to where now you get access to a lot more, a lot easier, which means that it doesn't mean the job's easier. It means you can be more efficient. It means that you can get probably a lot more done in a shorter amount of time. And I think that's where you would probably need to look at it a little bit differently. So instead of looking at it as, Oh, this is a bad thing and people don't want to work. How do we adjust the way that we work? to be more efficient and take advantage of those, the technology and the opportunities that we now have that we didn't have years ago. So the second thing I want to touch on is the fact that you leveraged opportunities, but you leveraged opportunities for what was, what you knew was going to come down the road, not what was there in the moment. And I think, man, if for whoever is potentially listening or watching right now, that's trying to figure out their path, I think you, the way that you talked about, you were, you were putting in the work and you were man, you used the word manifesting. You were manifesting something that was going to come down the line. You didn't know when it was going to happen, but you knew that you were going to make choices today, essentially thinking about what was to come. And mm-hmm. man, that is such a great way to live life. And you've obviously reaped the benefits of that. Can you speak to that just a little bit more about really putting in the work now of what's hopefully going to come down the road and, and really manifesting that for yourself? Yeah, no, you know, I think when I really sort of dive in, into it, I really think it was, I really have this and, you know, I got to thank my mom because I remember, you know, as a, as a kid, like she would believe, I, you know, I've always been a dreamer. And, and and also even you know when I was when I was a young kid and I used to tell her all my ideas and all like I used to write things down like I remember at one point I had like tape um, that I would put on my drawers and then I would write like what's going to happen positive quotes just again like manifesting it's I've always been this way but what I was she the the empowerment that she gave me was that she always believed in me right so I think once you, when you believe in yourself and you know that again you know it, it, all these things happen when when all these things happen all you got to do is put in the work one time see it pay off and then you know that if you continue to pay in the, put in the work and really you know I always say that I'm a, I'm a marathon thinker right like the the, the actions that I take are not for today. They're not for tomorrow. Again, as I continue to grow and, and just develop as, as, a, as a human being, I also know that I don't necessarily do it 
for a reason anymore. I know I do it trusting that, you know, if you put in the right work, you believe in yourself and continue not, it's just not one action, right? This is a, 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 a group of actions on a day-to-day basis that will lead to success in, in the near future. And it always, you know, thankfully it always happens, but that's, that's always been the mindset, the marathon thinker. And just, again, like you said, leveraging the opportunities and also it was really about like, you know, yes, I was leveraging, but it was also selfishly developing my skills, right? Because listening to someone like washing or, you know, rinsing glasses so I can listen to someone and I've used a different version of their presentation, you know, now I've created in mine, right? So, I mean, to have access to that, I think it's something that not a lot of uh, maybe people consider it's it's not you're not working for free you're actually learning for free right so it's that that sort of mindset that I have. I loved you talked about like with your with your mom. There's something to be said for having someone in your life that simply believes in you, mm-hmm. and I think you know I try to and I I know you do this just hearing you talk for 15 plus minutes now, knowing that you have an opportunity now to believe in someone and to give someone else because not everybody has that person in their life that, that you can say, man, that person believed in me and gave me the motivation. The fact that you can now be that for someone else. A lot of times it's not a parent. It's somebody that comes into your life and unknowingly they become that person. Mm-hmm. And because of the success that you found, you now can become that person for someone else that you are the person that they say, I'm able to do this. I want to do this. I'm pushing to do this because Sam believes in me because I finally have somebody that sees something in me um, and is pushing me towards it. That's a, that's a very cool thing that you're able to now become the person um, to some, that person to someone else. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely, it's not something that I take for granted, you know, and again, the type of person that I am, I sort of impose these sort of uh, responsibilities and, and, and things onto myself because, you know, it drives me, but you know, even as a as a uh, you know first generation Mexican American, right? Like I, one thing that I love, and again, obviously, you know, I collaborate and, and 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 work and love to build a community with with everyone. But one thing that I love and I have the and see the responsibility within myself is, I, I can't tell you how many um, young bartenders or young barbacks, uh, you know, Hispanics, reach out to me and they're like, hey, like you know, we love what you're doing. Uh, you know, thank you for thank you for representing it, and you make me believe in, in in me, right? Like, so it's like having that representation. I was just having, you know, I just had an event, and I said that for the first time this past year, I had a meeting where I was a brand representative. There was a, a marketing director and operator with both were were all Hispanics, and I was like, let's just take a moment to like acknowledge this because have you know? And I asked them, I was like, has this ever happened? And they were like, no, no, you know, that that's right. I never, I never noticed that, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of not just obviously again not just Hispanic or Latin people in general, but you know, I, I do have that because you know my my immigrant parents and just believing in in others, just like uh, you know they did they did in me. I mean, that's extremely important to me. I love, 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 love hearing, hearing that. And, you know, you, you talked about, um, I call it delayed gratification mm-hmm. of realizing that sometimes you got to put in the work and it doesn't happen instantly, but you know, you're doing it for some, the, the greater good down the road. And I think that shows so much maturity, um, in individuals, the ability to see beyond the moment 
and saying, sometimes I'm, I'm doing something, I'm putting in work, I'm, I'm, um, you know, a part of something that might not people like, dude, what are you doing? You're not like, they're not paying you appropriately for this, but you see the bigger picture of what you're trying to do. And the fact that you said, man, I'm, I'm washing this glass right now only because I want to hear what they're saying. And man, there's so much to be said for that of being able to open up and listen and, and learn and gain knowledge. And the fact that now you said, I've reused that presentation and created my own from it because you had the ability to sit back and listen. I mean, that's, that's genius. And it's so, it's something that I don't think people take advantage of today. It's such an easy thing to do and you took full advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, I think attaching yourself and and it's that mentality of delayed gratification and, or that marathon sort of thinker of, you know, also attaching yourself to people that you respect that you could learn from but in order to do so, and you know, again, you have to level up, right? If you want your network and or the individuals that you're learning from to be, you know, uh, honorable and or, you know, well-educated, whatever it is, like your level needs to be elevated or you need to be elevated because, again, at the time, the one thing that I could provide was work ethic. And even though, you know, I ran a sales route from six, six in the morning to about 4 p.m., the cocktail presentations were, were at night. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't care. I was like, yo, I'll, I will be there. And, and we'll happily, you know, rinse that glass just so I can learn from you. But yeah. I love that. And it's, love everything about um, it, man. It's interesting. Sorry to interrupt, but it's interesting, you know, as a parent now, when you think about some of these actions, I don't, I didn't even realize exactly, to be honest, what exactly I was doing. And now when you sort of, you know, when I have these conversations, I dissect and I'm like, that's, that's crazy to me that I was, that I was doing that. But again, I'm very, very grateful for it at the same time. That's great. So what do you see, you know, you're, you're from Las Vegas, you're obviously deeply entrenched into the hospitality food and beverage scene here in the city. What do you see, um, the transition that's happening or has happened in Las Vegas, um, to where it is, I mean, is the epicenter of food and beverage, right? To where before it was, it was casino, casino, casino shows, now, if you want to go to the one of the best restaurants in the world, go to Vegas, right? How have you seen that transition take place, um, you know, over the past decade plus? And then where do you see it going? What's next? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great question, especially as the city continues to grow into a community, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, as a kid, you know, we went to, you know, buffets whenever, you know, there, there was some sort of special or say or whatever it is, like, it was a place to be. So yeah, the, the level of restaurants has, has definitely changed. And I think, you know, one thing that I mentioned to friends that visit is um, notice the, the amount of uh, gambling machines you know, today versus, you know, 10 years ago, again, these casinos are focused a little bit more around restaurants. And and again, obviously gambling will still be there. But like you said, the the focus has shifted. You know, we have properties, obviously, you know, some that we've worked that have the best um, food and beverage concepts, right? Like the fact that you have 17 amazing outlets within one property that you could like, you know, pick from, choose from. I mean, there's James Beard Award, uh, um, you know, restaurants here. I, I love that to be honest. And, and I, and I feel like, you know, obviously very sort of biased, but I think hospitality has really like, you know, been at the epicenter of, of that in, in the sense of, you know, we can serve quality food all day. Right. But it's people like Jose Andres, people like all these amazing chefs that have really put on 
put out a, a hospitality school. So the level of service matches the, the, the food that we're serving. Um, I, I love I love seeing it. I do feel like as of lately is a little bit also more presentation and or, you know, as we feed our phones, right, like um, which elevates their, their, their food as well. Um, and, and I feel like when we think about where I see it going, you know, one thing that I'm a huge fan of is smaller experiential um, either restaurants or lounges, right? Like we saw the, oh, the mega. Yeah, something that's a little bit more intimate. Right? Everything yeah. in Vegas is so you know, monster mm -hmm. having those small intimate yeah. venues. Yeah. And I think those are probably the most successful currently. Again, nightclubs are still always going to be a thing. I, I, nightlife will never go away, but I do feel like these smaller, uh, you know, high energy lounges are the ones that you can have a quality conversation. You can, there's a small dance floor if, if you, you know, want to dance as well. But I think that's, that's the biggest difference. There's more small pockets and, and honestly Vegas specifically, the downtown area, I mean, that is where most locals are, are actually going. And again, as a uh, native, I remember vividly that we used to love uh, going to El Cortez and, and, and going down there or just, you know, uh, downtown um, Fremont as a whole. And I remember, you know, friends would say, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? You know, we're like 22, 21 years old. We're like, oh, we're going to go downtown. And people would be like, why? Right. Like, why, why are you guys going down there? Like nobody wanted to or people, locals stayed away from downtown. But nowadays, I mean, again, there's so many amazing concepts, lounges like that, that area. There's so much culture there. So I think as a city, if I were to um, resume, you know, the, the sort of growth, there's really pockets of communities everywhere, not only in the food and beverage culture, but in the city, obviously, Golden Knights, Raiders. Now we have a team to to sort of attach ourselves, And I think that the Vegas Golden Knights were the ones that, you know, obviously started that. We now have a team, something to be proud of. So, you know, whether it's downtown Summerlin, downtown or, or the Strip, some of these concepts that we're all sort of elevating it, um, elevating our, ourselves. And, you know, again, there's so much competition. When I look at cities like New York, I, I you know, or Mexico City, I think about the reason why they're so good is because if you're not, you don't, you don't make it because there's plenty of amazing restaurants to go to, right? Yeah, there's so many options. And I think, you know, being in Vegas as well, um, I, I look at the city and, you know, it, it's expanded out from the strip, right? So if you live here, there's so many pockets off the strip that you really, that's where you spend your time. And then I look at sports that's happening here, which, you know, sports drives community in, in a big way. And now, you know, you've got the Knights, you have the WNBA team, we have the Raiders now. There's talks of NBA coming. Um, obviously, the A's looking to come here as well with the new um, stadium being built. And then you have F1 coming up around the corner, which is yeah. massive. I mean, you know, Las Vegas is becoming a it's not just a destination for those wanting to come in and, and gamble and, and, you know, have a fun, crazy weekend in Vegas. It's such an amazing place to, to live and, and build community around. Um, and it's very cool to see it continue to explode in that way. Um, I was just at the Raiders game this past week and man, the energy, it's so much fun and there's so much going on and it's packed and it's a, uh, it's cool to see the city continue to grow. And I'm sure for somebody like yourself, that's, you know, born and raised here, it's got to be exciting to see it continue to just blow up the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you that I grew up, you know, my dad was a general contractor and I grew up learning how to drive on Fort Apache, 
right? And they, I remember then, you know, it was this big white, you know, construction truck. He would basically pull over to the side of the road, be like, all right, just go ahead and, and drive, you know, like, I'll, I'll be with you. And there was, it was dirt road on Fort Apache. Now there's a city above where where I learned to drive, right? So it's it's insane to, to really think about, but I, I agree. I think, again, you know, very uh, biased, but I feel that anything Vegas does, um, it just does it bigger and, and, and better from, you know, the intermission, um, you know, I mean, we have the blooming group for intermission at, at the Golden Knights game, right? Like we have Diplo at Winfield Club. I mean, the stuff that we do and, you know, half halftime performances and such, it's it's insane. Um, but there's so much opportunity. And again, the growth, I, I just feel like we're just starting. One thing that, you know, um, as a native, I just want to recognize is also how, you know, COVID obviously impacted tourism, travel, you know, a ton, but how resilient Vegas is and how many times from when it started to now and it will continue, how many times has Vegas reinvented itself as a city? And I think that's something that we as a community do extremely well because, again, we shifted. We had all the mega clubs. Now it's shifting to more experiential, more food and beverage driven. So we're providing that for people. People are interested in building a community. We, we now have all these, um, you know, different um, professional teams, sports teams coming. So yeah, I mean, the resilience of a city, of the city, I love it because it made me extremely sad to ride down the strip during COVID. And I mean, it was, it was empty. Like you could literally walk down the strip and, and, or, you know, people were riding their bikes, but again, as a city, we've come such a long way. And I just, I have a lot of, a lot of hope. I mean, my place is, you know, my heart and my place is in Vegas for, for a while. I hear you. I mean, look, we've got, you know, your, the casinos there that, are amazing to go and visit and see that you've got this the stadiums they're building that are absolutely beautiful um you've got the sphere which is i mean mind-blowing for anybody that hasn't been to vegas yet that's going to become you, you come just to see that and what's going on um to yes. watch a show or a concert inside that thing you've got fountain blue that's going to be opening up finally uh it looks like here here in the next couple months is what i'm hearing yeah. um you know, Resorts World recently opened in the past couple of years. There's there's still so much energy and action, right? It's not there's nothing stagnant um, about the city. It's just it's continuing to up the game. And you know, in my world, the fact that Vegas is that spot that you go to if you want to see what's trending, what's hot. Um, you know, the budgets that they have in, in Vegas for developing a concept is 10 times what we would have in any other city in the U S this is the, this is where you come to see what's hot, what's new, what's happening. Um, and to be able to be here and be a part of it and see it is, uh, exciting is an understatement. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I also, uh, love that, that, you know, people do, especially owners, operators, they come to they come to Vegas and you know luckily obviously you know because of my job I'm, I'm able to travel to key cities and it, a phrase that I that I hear often is you know they came to Vegas bar nightclub or one sort of convention they saw concept concept and they wanted to replicate that right like and it's very like whether it's high energy lounges or, or you know nightlife or you know whatever it is they like their theme is and you know we even without them knowing that that I'm from here. When you know, I, I hear an operator in different cities talk. They they reference Vegas a lot, which is again, it's great. I think you, you're able to to a certain extent, but again, it's just not one thing that Vegas offers. It's it's just a plethora that make Vegas what it is. But yeah, it's it's been amazing to to witness it grow. 
Yeah. And you, you're correct. Or you were talking earlier and I just had this conversation with someone talking about Los Angeles. There's really only two cities in the U S I'm going to talk say specifically, there's really two cities that I think still can get away with the big monster nightclub. And that's Miami and Vegas, right? Yeah. Everywhere else yeah. is kind of transitioned away from the big nightclub and they're doing these experiential. It's a restaurant that transitions to a club later in the night. It's the, you know, almost bringing back from 15 years ago, the ultra lounge, those types of things. And so it's very cool to see Vegas walk the line between giving you the best of both worlds. You have the monster nightclubs that are the best in the, on the planet. And then you can walk out and go essentially 50 feet away and go into the most killer restaurant that transitioned to this late night lounge intimate spot. Um, so once again, Vegas is really leading the way on what the rest of the country is going to is doing. Yeah. And one thing, uh, you know, I just want to make sure to sort of name this, because when, when I think about people that make the industry, the experience, obviously, you know, again, operators, food and beverage servers, bartenders, right? Like one thing that I see with music and obviously music is such a big part of, you know, the the, the experience. Um, one thing that I see that we're also creating and or a part of is the DJ culture, right? When you think about the shift yeah. from mega nightclubs, these smaller, uh, more intimate experience, like these guys, and again, I'm a huge fan of, of their craft because I learned that if, if the DJ is right, my products sell, right? Like there's there's this thing that I, I knew, I, somebody taught, taught me where, you know, the DJ opens and there's obviously like flows of, of music, but when, when the music, they specific, strategically slowed the music down at one point in order for the, for the guests to then not want to dance and go to the bar and, and you know, buy some drinks. So the good ones do that. But I think what, what they're curating now is, again, smaller, very sort of, um, intricate experiences within the music culture that they're going to have to because again the, you don't have these like huge sounds huge speakers with all these you know mega nightclub sort of activations with with the fireworks and all these things they really have to curate that experience in a much smaller uh, uh venue and again i think that's something that we're also leading and i know like you mentioned like you know there's there's parties in i believe la miami for sure but I think Vegas is a part of it. And, you know, when I mentioned downtown, there's there's some guys that are just, you know, I, I like to uh, just go and, and not only for to for, to have fun, but also just see what like the new generation of, of drinkers um, to not call them, you know, kids because they're, they're not kids. They're, you know, young generation of drinkers, but they are kids, you know, compared to, to us. Right. So what, what they're doing, what they're listening to, you know, what are they ordering when they're, they're listening to, you know, whatever R&B versus hip hop or, you know, reggaeton or whatever it is. But yeah, you got to give respect to the DJs because these guys are also shifting the culture in, in Vegas and they're doing it in a way that the customer doesn't um, suffer from not being in a, in a you know, big, uh, massive nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you look at Vegas again, talking about, you're talking about the DJ culture and what it's doing yet on the flip side, you've got some of the, the biggest residencies of artists that are performing, um, almost every single night on, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you really, if we, as we talk through this and I start really thinking about everything that this city has to offer, I don't know that there's another city in the U.S. specifically that can that can say that. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy everything that you have access to at your fingertips um, when being here, which is uh, makes it nice for us that are here. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. And again, you know, I think that's why I, when I speak to a, a young, uh, you know, bartender and or, you know, anyone from from the city, you know, I just remind them of the opportunity that the city has to offer because Vegas and taking it back to hospitality, Vegas is also one of those places, as most cities uh, also tend to be, where if you build your personal brand, if you build the right reputation and or it's that, you know, we, we'd say it's, it's who you know, right? But if you do that and you sort of create yourself as the person to go to, a trustworthy individual, work ethic and all these things, the city is going to reap you with, with the benefits. Because, yeah, like you said, where else can you see pick between a Canelo fight, a Raiders game, NHL, or going to see Lady Gaga? Like, those are the options that, like, imagine, like, smaller cities, like, that. you would never imagine that. I and mean, I agree. Yeah, that and what you just said, that was literally all on the same night. So that's the right. crazy part. Is, exactly. It's not like, what are we yeah. going to do this month? That's all. That was that was in one night uh, in this mm -hmm. city, which is, is mind-blowing. Um, look, I, I can't thank you enough for giving us a, a piece, a nugget of your time. Um, what you've done, the journey that you've had, it's inspiring. Um, it's something that I think this, whoever, I don't care what your age range is, the the nuggets of wisdom that you you just talked about over the past half hour of work ethic, delayed gratification, um, really taking advantage of every single opportunity that's in front of you. Um, those are things that we can utilize in our lives. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care where you're at in life. Those are staples that we should be applying to our lives. So I can't thank you enough for your story um, and your journey and sharing that with us, Ben. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure to be here again. Like I said, you know, I, I, I used to have a podcast. Uh, I called it Corporate Entrepreneurs, where it was about, you know, giving back to to young um, you know, uh, industry professional. But, and the reason I, I mentioned that is because I also know that the, you know, your work and what the value that you're bringing to your audience is also a labor of love, right? So uh, for those of you that, that are listening again, you know, thank you for, for obviously giving us the time, but, you know, continues to support the podcast. I, I used to tell people like, Hey, like even share it on social media, like, you know, all these things to support, if you've got any value from the conversation and, or you want to build community as well, right? Like um, share what you're learning, share, you know, anything that, that you could potentially share of value, make sure to rate it on, on, you know, iTunes and, and just again, continue to support. I'm, I'm a big fan. Again, I, I listened to Jamie's interview, Emma's, and I, I love the, the content you're sharing and the, and the value. So again, I was um, grateful to be able to share a little bit of my story. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So if people want to reach out to you, they want to pick your brain, they want advice, they just want to follow your journey. What's the best way for people, whether it's through social media or what's the best avenue to get in touch with Sam? Yeah, uh, I, a corporate entrepreneur, corporate underscore entrepreneur on Instagram. And, you know, I think what I would like to say to the audience, if, you know, you um, you know, connected with anything that I mentioned, I'm big on building a community. I'm big on a network and collaborating with other people. You know, when I travel to different cities, I'm big on, you know, just connecting and, and getting to know like-minded individuals, because again, I, I really want to build that and, or, you know, potentially, uh, you know, bring value, you know, back and forth. Right. So, um, yeah, please, you know, again, we'd love to connect, you know, follow you back. It is not just about followers It's honestly about, you listening to this podcast, we obviously have something in common. Let's connect. Let's let's network. And, you know, just I want to grow together. It's, it's my vision. I love it. And you and I, we're in the same city. So I'll meet you for a cocktail here pretty soon. That's yeah, for sure. Perfect. You would love to. <laughs> 
Once again, thanks again, Sam. For everyone that was listening, we really appreciate it. I am Chris Adams. You've been listening to The Pink Elephant. You can find me on social media at Chris Adams underscore EAG, um, at Ellis Adams Official, or www.ellisadamsgroup.com. Thanks again, everyone, for hanging out with Sam and I, and we look forward to, I look forward to seeing you next week.